everyone, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can catch me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw and on Instagram at the Gourmet Goober. And welcome to the Gourmet Goober podcast. As always, I'm here with my BFF, my co-host, um, my hubby, all around that dude, Big Daddy, aka T Outlaw. Hey. Hey, hi, I'm T Outlaw, <laughs> as she has spoken so well before. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at T Outlaw, T O U T L A W, and on Instagram at T Outlaw, T O U T L A W. Uh, Josie Wells, throw it on for, uh, for the kids out there. Uh, old school, uh, old Clint Eastwood movie, T Outlaw, <laughs> Josie Wells. I think they get it. <laughs> I hope so. And by the way, you can um, catch up with us. You can always drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. We have her blog, um, Six Years Running and Counting, where we, you can catch old recipes, press appearances, and all um, good stuff in Gooberland at thegourmetgoober.com. And then if you are so inclined to do the Facebook, I know that I personally... Don't do a lot of Facebooking anymore, but we do have a Facebook page, <laughs> and you can catch that at um, the Gourmet Goober blog. So, um, as always, we thank you for listening. Woohoo! Um, we've reached a couple of milestones. I think this is what episode eleven now. This is episode eleven, seven to eleven. Woohoo! So <laughs> we've reached that big test that a lot of people um, don't reach in podcasting because I heard that the average podcast. Um, when they started off, they don't go quite 10 episodes, so we have beat that record. <laughs> yeah, we're on the come up. That means more, now y'all got to listen to us. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, that is true. Well, Can't get rid of us easy. <laughs> well, for those of you who are joining in, and again, just as a reminder, we are bi-weekly podcasts about food and pop culture. Every um, two weeks. Every two weeks. And as always, we always like to start our podcast talking about how our week went, so... Let's get it started. How was your week, Big Daddy? Uh, for the most part, I would like to believe that my week was positive, or uh, my, the last few weeks. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my cousin, uh, same last name. Uh, he basically became a married man. Woohoo! Yes. On the come up. So thus, uh, he was already like, you know, on the come up. He was already like an established star. Uh, this man can play a hell of a round of golf. He's also, uh, uh, golf pro and a representative of the first tee program. Uh, big shout out to him. He and his uh, new wife, uh, Jalisa, are uh, for the most part, they are celebrating their time. And it was really great to see uh, a lot of family and uh, a lot of friends. But most importantly, just good to see, like, you know, another brother, you know, join the fraternity <laughs> of Shankled Brothers. <laughs> Brothers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you make marriage seem like it's all that amazing with that. Oh, yeah, it's all funny games. <laughs> First thing I told him on the thing, just do what she says, dude. Yeah, he did put that in. That's right. <laughs> well, it was a beautiful wedding, though, and I'm really glad that they invited us. Um, it was a gorgeous outdoor wedding, and we had a chance um, to connect, reconnect with a lot of family members. Um, yeah, I just wish... Stephen and Julie, so all the best and thank you for making us a part of their special day. If you follow me on Instagram, I have this really amazing close-up picture of when they cut the cake. 
Um, but yeah, it was a beautiful time. And so we're just really grateful to be a part of that. I was a huge, huge fan. I also this week got a chance to partake of very large quantities of food. <laughs> yes. Yes, we uh we had a nice little time for restaurant month. Uh we indulged in the great menagerie that is Bogo de Chow, Bogo de Chon. Uh we did the Brazilian uh steak. Uh, and for our listeners out there who's not familiar with Bogo de Chow, can you explain it? Bogo de Chow is uh is a death by meat, but no. <laughs> It is a Brazilian steakhouse, and <laughs> I don't have all the details. All I know is I've been to maybe Brazilian steakhouses maybe like five, six times, and I almost have to start myself from the beginning. Like, for the most part, you partake of a traditional dinner, but as opposed to uh, coming in and getting up a couple of courses, you walk in, and they, yes, they very much offer you a... You know, a nice little buffet area with salads and, uh, you know, breads and, you know, partake of the nice stuff, the greenery. But, you know, like if you were real, truly a carnivore, what happens is you say, okay, listen, I might partake a little bit of that. You know, they're going to stick some, you know, they have a graceful thing with plantains and whatever. And like mashed potatoes. And polenta. But for the most part, yeah. What's going to happen is you're saying, all right, I come for the meat. And what happens is uh, it's kind of like getting all the meat you can get. Um, you get them in small bite-sized portions, maybe a little bit larger than bite-sized. But uh, gentlemen, as you would call them, gauchos will come out to different parts, of, you know, different tables. And they will offer you like um, skewers, as you will, of different types of meat, uh, whether it be seafood, whether it be beef chicken lamb lamb uh pork you get to partake of different quantities and 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 little bits and you keep going and the thing is you can either say you want this at this moment or you could refuse it for the moment it totally depends on you you get to control the speed in which you partake of this food but every time i've gone my thing is I'm coming. I'm starving myself for the meat. I'm starving, like you know. I'm I'm basically becoming stealth. Every time I go, for some reason, I seem to like walk half a mile or a mile just to get there because I have come to become a conditioned athlete to this. It's but not a sport. It is not a competition. No, it's not. But it's only a competition amongst myself how much I can partake of, and I outdo myself every time. But then. You I pay for suffer. It. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is such a thing that we invented, like, you know, on our blog. It's called the meat sweats. Oh, no, we didn't invent that, but meat sweats is a thing. I invented my own meat sweats, damn it. That's when you eat way too much meat, and then you're it's like coming out of your pores. And and it's coming out of your pores. You're sweating. You're just dripping. <laughs> you're like, okay, literally, as my wife has stated, there's a certain point where you just, like, look at me, and you're like, all right, I'm out. No, no, I can't do it. No, nah, bro. I've tried. Meat just will not go down anymore. <laughs> and it's everything he says and more. I mean, it's a wonderful experience. When you go to Fogo to Chow, um, just piggybacking off of that and segueing into my week, it's, it's kind of crazy because what they do, 
is you get like this little chip, right? This little, little circular card. Yes. And one side of the card is red. It means stop. And the other side of the card is green, which means go. So what happens is, of course, you can hit that buffet. Big Daddy had nothing to do with that buffet that night. <laughs> At one point, I came in with a plan because the last time I went to Fogo the Child, I just went straight meat. And at one point, my body was physically repelling meat to the point where I remember having a fork of lamb and taking it to my mouth. And it was like two magnets repelling against each other. My body's like, no, mm-hmm. sis. no, you've reached capacity. You're not getting this in your mouth. You are done. <laughs> so what happens is when your, your little chip is turned to green, the grouchos, like you said, come to the table. They'll mm-hmm. offer you like these huge skewers of meat. Um, they'll ask you like what cut of meat you want, and they will go ahead and slice it for you. And everyone gets their set of tongues so you can put it on your plate. Mm-hmm. And you can just do this as many times as they um, they offer it to you. Now we actually took advantage, and I'll put this in the show notes as well because my understanding this is still going on. Mm-hmm. Fogo de Tao, like I said, is an experience. You just don't go and leisurely eat a Fogo de Tao. Now, every time I've gone to a Brazilian steakhouse, it at least takes two hours just to get served and to sample everything and to get dinner. And so I think we were there for over two hours last night. And as you can imagine, because of a lot of the specialty cuts of meat, because they, um, a lot of it is specially prepared meats like they do in Brazil. So they have a cut of meat called the pic- um, picana, which I'll talk about later in the podcast, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but they have other special cuts of meats as well. Um, the whole idea is that you can eat as much or as little as you want um, throughout yeah. the process. Don't and definitely it, don't bring your you know little <laughs> quiet salad eating girlfriend because she's just gonna bring down the show. There is nothing vegetarian about it. I mean, there's veggies, you know, there's a whole little table she can partake of, but she's just just getting in the way of your, you know, your carnivorous uh, expedition. (laughs) But the really cool thing is they have this deal going on into September 15th, and that's why I put in the show notes, Mm -hmm. where it's called Restaurant Month. So as opposed to paying $56 for dinner, which I think gives you um, access to almost everything on their menu, except for a few items, including their seafood portions. Um, Dinner is only $39 per person, which is an amazing deal. So someone had told me about that, and I texted Big Daddy. I was like, what are you doing this Friday? You know, we both get paid. We haven't gone out and had like a real date night for a night. (laughs) Friday night. Exactly. Lots of meeting. (laughs) Doing it right. Body <laughs> <And> shaking. <laughs> all around, around. No one thing going to be chowing down. Go ahead. Okay. My apologies to Connie Camp for that. Hey, rest in peace, dog. <laughs> but that said, oh, yeah, it, it was pretty much like that. It was on. So Big Daddy, like, texted me, like, what, seven or eight times, like, RSVP, book it, book it, book it, book it. Mm-hmm. We reserved the night. And the thing is, when you show up to be seated, you have to tell them, I'm here for restaurant night. And the price immediately goes from 56 to $39 per person. I was trying to tattoo it on my head. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to bring a sign and just walk in carrying it. 
But no, it was a really cool night. Um, they took us to this nice little section and um, kudos to the staff who was really, really incredibly nice and um, just open to us. And we had a great time, um, ate a lot. I, I cannot even begin to quantify how much meat we ate. But I, unlike Big Daddy, did not wake up with a meat coma. Because the last time, like I said, I went to Foco to Chow, I just did treat meat. And after a while, my body's like, no. And I think I ate salads for like a week. <laughs> this time, I'm like, I'm going to pace myself, eat so much of it, and then go to the salad bar and actually partake of like kale and some of the greenery and mm-hmm. just like give myself a break. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was a particular cut of meat, which again, I'll review later in, in the podcast that I was looking forward to. And it was every bit as great as I imagined it would be. And I was satisfied. But I I think because of the fact that I paced myself, I did not have the meat sweats last night. No. Big Daddy, on the other hand, no. No. it was funny because I could look and see in real time when his body was like done with the meat. Like there was like, it was almost in slow motion where I was looking at you across the table and you had this look and I was like, oh, you're done, right? <laughs> he smiled and laughed and kind of looked at your plate sadly like you had lost out. <laughs> yeah, and the war of man, man versus, versus food. food. <laughs> Brother versus food. Bruh man, food won. But you know what? I give you credit because you did put in the old college try. And to be fair, you did choose to eat some other meat. Like I said, they had side dishes they bring to your potato and to this really delicious mashed potato. Um, they have, um, bananas or plantains, but the polenta, I'm a huge polenta fan. So they had like these little strips of like, um, fried polenta Mm -hmm. that was topped with Parmesan cheese. It was really, really delicious. Um, so I hit the polenta pretty hard too. I admit that, but yeah, you come for the meat and you're not disappointed. Like I said, it's not something you want to go for if you're, like the Impossible Burger, I'm sorry, there's no impossible meat they bring you. Yeah, um, but it's impossible for them to bring impossible meat to you. <laughs> we, they, we, hey, I had to put in work. Yes, you and, basically don't come in um, just casually. You have to have an appetite, but yes. it's worth it. And if you want to take advantage of it, like I said, I'll put in on the show notes. I did check before we recorded this evening. It looks like their deal for restaurant night. Uh, restaurant month is through September 15th, where, again, okay. um, the dinner is normally um, $56 per person at most of their locations across the country, and it's $39 per person, but it's it's nationwide. So if there's a Fogo to Chow in your area, you've always wanted to try it. I know we've been trying to get my parents to do it, and they've just not had a chance to. We will. But, yeah, if you want to take advantage of it, now is the time to do it. And you don't get access to all the meat. I think there was just four cuts we were denied. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was the ribeye, the beef ribs, the lamb. It was the lamb chops. chops. But they did have lamb steak, which was just as good. Mm. And do you remember what the fourth one was? I thought it was the seafood. Well, yeah, the seafood as well. But I think there was another cut of meat that we were not able to get. That's okay. It was inconsequential. Trust me. You do not miss it. You will just... If you're a carnivore, this is something you have to do at least once in your life. Yeah. And so that was definitely one of the highlights of my week. 
Um, another highlight of my week, because it's just been a crazy week, I turned in four grant applications, you guys, in like one day. It was insane, the That's amount right. of like stuff that I had to do this week. Um, Mama bringing home the money. Yes. <laughs> Outside of that, um, my um, company had a um, get-together on Friday. So before I went to Fogo de Child, I actually had Friday off and we met at this really cool place that I'll also put the details for um, in the notes as well. This place called Punch Bowl Social. Um, it's in Chicago and the Fulton Market District. Um, and it's like this retro place that you can go play bowling. There's darts. Um, when you walk in, it's hilarious. There's like a row of like washing machines like an old style 50s laundromat what? <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy but the cool thing is they also have karaoke and it's not like open karaoke what it is is you get a, um, a closed room kind of like if you've ever seen like karaoke in some of the asian restaurants where they have like the closed room and everyone's singing together that's mm. what we did and so a lot of us i would say about half the staff at one point was all smushed together in this little room and we were all singing karaoke quite badly i might <laughs> all right so how many were singing sweet caroline you know what no one sung sweet caroline what? um but it was cool we sang um i will survive my boss was hilarious in her version of i will survive um i sang walk like an egyptian with one of my co-workers um we both did um the p-funk one nation under group which Apparently, it's like the longest song ever. At one point, we're just mm -hmm. like, dude, how many musical interludes is in this song? My thing is, okay, wait a minute. I'm <laughs> a little concerned about it because I'm like, well, maybe not concerned because it is a very long song, but it doesn't have a whole lot of lyrics in it. Yeah, as we found out. Okay. <laughs> but it was one there that you could sing. But no, it was it was a great time and it was an opportunity to see some of my co-workers in a slightly different light. So. Um, shout out to the great people at Punchbowl so, um, Punch Social for hosting us. It was been, yeah, been really, funny if they really called great. it Ice Cream Social. <laughs> no. That have been cute. The other highlight of my week besides that, oh my gosh, and Big Daddy has been hearing this all week long. <laughs> all over the world. All week. But um, for those of you who may um, not know me, um, and those of you who do, I'm a huge, 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 like, I cannot even quantify how huge of a Missy Elliott fan I am. I love Missy Misdemeanor Elliott. She, and if you don't know who she is, she's a rapper, she's a producer, she's, she writes, I mean, she name sings, an artist yeah. from the 90s, and odds are Missy has done music for them, or with them. Yeah, I'm talking about Sierra. I'm talking about Diddy. I'm talking about Janet Jackson. Um, she's done a lot of great music with um, Timberland. Yeah, my favorite thing about Misdemeanor is uh, the fact that in the '90s she was actually in two huge female anthems: "Ladies' Night." Oh yeah. Yeah, and also "Moulin Rouge." Oh, that's right. She was part of the Moulin Rouge group. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, if you name like a song back then, Missy had her hand in it somewhere. You ain't gonna and be having me up in here just singing hooks. Exactly. Would I look like Taylor Bell or somebody? somebody. <laughs> so this week 
was all about Missy Elliott. First of all, she dropped this really great um, mini album that's called Iconology, which if you have like, you know, Apple Music, Tidal, it's basically streaming anywhere. Spotify, I listen to it on Amazon Music. Um, it They have like seven tracks, I think, on it, including the track that she debuted with called Throw It Back. Mm-hmm. And it is every bit an old school groove. It took me back in a day. I I cannot recommend this album enough. But then on top of that, this week, the MTV VMAs, I don't think they even call them the Video Music Awards anymore. I think they just call them the VMAs, which is hilarious because as we know, they don't play v- videos they don't do video, on the MTV. Know, music very often, yeah. <laughs> but we were around long enough to know we remember that was actually a thing. So they still keep the VMA awards for those old school cats who are wondering about that. They just want to, like, you know, we're going to call it the VMAs because we want to be, like, you know, hip. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Stay relevant that But way. every year they give away what's known as the Michael Jackson Vanguard Award. And this year's award winner, long overdue, I say decades overdue, mm-hmm. was Missy Misdemeanor Elliott. I can't wait for her, like, to get a, a Kennedy Center honor. She needs it. Seriously, yeah. she is amazing. She's a national treasure. So she performed at the VMAs. And if you haven't seen her performance, please go to YouTube. You have my permission to pause our podcast. <laughs> go to YouTube. Check it out. I think it has now like 20 million views or something ridiculous like that. Wow. But it's Missy doing six minutes of all of her favorite, all of our favorite old school hits from... um she started off with Throw It Back, which is absolutely every bit of bop. And then she moved from Throw It Back to um, Work It, um, Super Duper Fly, I Can't Stand the, the Rain. Um, mm-hmm. She did Pass That Dutch. She did um, Get Your Freak On. Like, seriously. And it wasn't just that she was performing. Part of the cool thing about Missy Elliott that was so amazing was, one, um, in a field that it's heavily male dominated. Yes. A lot of her lyrics and who she is was very much so celebrating her as a woman. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Missy Elliott wasn't your typical like rapper of the nineties. So she didn't like look like little Kim or um you know She didn't have like, you know, the Trina or like, you know, throw it back girl, you know, wasn't looking like, you know, I guess, like, you know, new form is like already being Nicki Minaj type thing, like, you know, kind of like script look. Right. Missy looked like an average human being, and she Mm -hmm. celebrated that. And she, for me, yeah, yeah, for me, especially, it's like in the 90s, just kind of accepting the fact that, yeah, I'm a little subversive. I'm an oddball. I'm not going to be one of those people that just blend in. Missy was every bit of an icon for me, and her videos not only celebrated that, but they were just visually stunning with yeah, like all of the special effects and um, just the emphasis and some of the things that she had on her tracks. And it, it was every bit, it was like being taken back in time, watching her perform at the VMAs and some of the things that she did. At one point when she performed past that Dutch, they actually had like this giant spaceship that was over the audience and was sucking audience members out of the audience. It was awesome. Yeah. The, oh my God. Yeah, the group over <laughs> here like completely lost all realms of control. 
Oh. About to lose control. <laughs> no, she was, you know, no, Jay over here was just completely off the top, like, you know, excited. Oh, and you know what totally made me lose my shit? What's that? Was one of her most iconic videos is a song called Work It. It's actually one of my favorite by Missy. And there's this woman. Her name is Allison Stoner. Allison Stoner. So you may remember her as the little pigtail girl that was in Work It that at one point was dancing around. Oh, the little cutie girl, yeah. Yes, MTV brought her back. So mm. when it was time for her to perform Work It, literally, she got on stage and that's when I lost it. Mm. I was like texting Big Day, like, yes, she's back. <laughs> I'm sure I was like bugging you at work. But... I'm serious. If you haven't seen her performance yet, watch it. It is amazing. It is so much fun. It's every bit of throwback. It's every bit what I remember the VMAs because I remember back in the day, I never missed a VNA performance. And now I'm just like, I don't know half these people and I don't want to know. Um, I don't even know like 90% of them. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just going to let my old man freak fly and be like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and just be chill. But I got to give Missy credit because if nothing else, hey. She got a video Vanguard Award in hell a couple months ago. Who the hell has Michelle Obama in a car karaoke with James Corden rapping your stuff? Yes, that's right. in the back seat. Yes. Missy is everything, y'all. Yeah. So if you are not tuned in to who Missy Elliott is, seriously, Google is free. Try it out. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but that totally made my week. I'm serious. I've seen that performance. Now, within the past couple of days since she got the award, at least three times. In fact, right before we, right before we started recording, I realized that Big Daddy hadn't seen it, and I'm like, "Oh no, we can no longer be friends if you don't see Missy perform." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I played it for him, and he got his life too, and it was amazing. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Missy Elliott. You are everything you so deserve, and that just kind of wrapped up for me what was. A crazy week of, you know, finalizing grants and talking to funders and having meetings with executives and singing karaoke and eating my heart out of fuck with a child. Yeah, she she was like the icing on my cake. So that pretty much just made my week complete. That's right. Missy Elliott and Meat Sweats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. We should name the podcast that Missy Elliott and Meat Sweats. No. Missy and Meat Sweat, y'all. Missy and Meat Sweat. Yeah. So she pretty much did so much stuff. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Missy Elliott song? Just well, before I, you know, before I walked into this, of course it would, I would think it would have been Son of a Gun because, you know, that was oh, my girl Oh, yeah, with Janet. her and Janet. That was yeah, a good one. Because, you know, I've always known that. But yeah, that was like Janet going completely divergent. But yeah, my absolute, as I have explained to the Goober, my absolute favorite Missy track will always be Gossip Folks. Because yes. she took, she went old school, new school, like uptown, like, you know, brought everybody that she could and threw it in the video. Even on the remixes, it was tight. But yeah, Missy was, you know, she was off the top of that. That's, that's gotta be my favorite. Yeah. Cause that's the one. Cause I, when we were talking before we started recording, I couldn't remember it until you played me the video. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, that's the one with Luda. Yeah. And then who was the the bus driver again? It was DMC or Run DMC. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and that was one of the fun things about watching her videos back in the day. Her mm-hmm. videos was kind of like 
must-see television because there are always people jumping in and out of her videos. Like, we replayed her videos and we're like, damn, I forgot Trina was in this. I forgot Diddy was in this video. Like, Diddy wasn't Super Duper Fly. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. With fluffy suits and everything, yeah. Exactly. And there's just... It's one of those things where when you watch the artistry of what she puts out, you could watch her video several times and discover something new. All right, like, so share it now. What's your jam? Oh, my gosh. Well, my jam is, you know, is Get Your Freak On. Okay. I love Get Your Freak On. Get you, get you, get you, get you. <laughs> I have been in cars with people and have lost my shit when Get Your Freak On on. <laughs> and I've stunned people because they're like, I didn't know you had that in you. Yes. <laughs> like that one line where she's like, is that your chick? Yes. I scream it out every time I hear it radio. I love that line. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, um, Get Your Freak On is really good. I really love working as well. Um, and you know what? It's so funny because I used to not like Super Duper Fly. And now I do. It's grown on me over the years. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely new though. It's just one of those things like it's an acquired taste, but once you you hear it enough times, it's like you know, it it really sticks in you. You know, it's a good stick to your bones type track. But even the stuff that she did with other people, where she was featured on, like One Two Step, like Sierra's One Two Step, people forget oh, that yeah. Missy's like a major part of that. Janet's um, Son of a Gun, Missy is on several of the remakes, including there's this one really fun remix that I played for Big Daddy for the first time. I don't think you heard where it was the one where it was like. Carly Simon, Janet Jackson, mm. Missy Elliott, and um, Puffy. Right. Okay. So it was really, really, I mean, just the work she's done. Oh, I, yeah. One, one Minute Man with Jay-Z. Oh, yeah. One Minute Man. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just so much stuff that she has done. And so much of modern music owes themselves to her and her contributions. And it's really cool to see like a whole generation. In fact, that's one of the things about Throwback is kind of interesting because the video even starts off with this little girl is asking who Missy Elliott is. And I'm just like, when I saw that, I was just like, how could there be like a generation of people <laughs> who don't know? I'm offended. <laughs> but then I thought, yeah, maybe people, especially, you know, younger people don't realize how much of modern music owes themselves from video to the music styles of Missy. Yeah, I don't know if, like, you know, half these folks know who Janet was, but I'm like, you know, it'd be a shame to start backhanding folks just for, <laughs> it's like disrespecting the queen. Before Beyonce, there was Janet, you know, but yeah, misdemeanor, like Missy Elliott, like, you know, when she started off, like, doing these tracks with Timbaland, it was like, you know, blowing up all over the place, and now she's basically coming to her own as hella vanguard, as a marker for how to establish art on, you know, video. Yeah. So congrats to her again. Um, thank you for making my week amazing. Um, please check out our performance in the VMA. Since we're talking about the VMAs as well, mm-hmm. if you happen to Google or go on YouTube and check out our performance, the other thing that made me smile is I'm a huge Lizzo fan and Lizzo performed two of her biggest hits, Truth Hurts and, um, good as hell on the VMAs. And that was the other thing I showed you. Yeah. And even Big Daddy, who's not like a modern music fan, I think you're, 
we've talked about it jokingly that your taste in music stopped around what? 2006. <laughs> exactly. Everything just kind of fell off. I'm like, <laughs> if you want to bring me some like, you know, 21 Savage or, you know, some uh, Kendrick Lamar, you know, I'll listen to it at the same time. Kendrick everything that I've bound like out. I played the Yeah, I'm, I'm the cool Black with him and, and everything, yeah. like, you know, and him and Chance and whatever. It's all great and all, but basically, if I'm, you know, if you ask me what's in my headphones, it started, before, you know, 2006 and earlier. Yeah, well, even Big Daddy loved Lizzo's performance, and she just killed it. So, shout out to her as well, because I have to say that that was everything. And so, what she, all of that contributed to what would have been a really tough week for me and made it a lot better. So, yay. I'm also going to do something that I know I'm going to get my ass whooped for this. Okay. Straight up and down. I mean, after seeing, you know, the VMA performance and whatever, it was like she she made a lot of girls feel very good about themselves. And, you know, I like to see positive role models and whatever. And just she just has this energy. I know she's come from a deep background. Listen to a couple of different podcasts or different interviews with her. And she's done really great things. Um, it's just one of those things where like, you know, watching a VMA performance, like, you know, did give me life. And I was like truly impressed, you know, background scene not with Sandy. But the, it was <laughs> the just giant butt. The giant, yeah. Really, it was like it was close <laughs> up. Like one of the things is like I have just really, you know, for a person who's not, you know, really into the modern music web, but like I'm her ability, she kind of reminds me a little bit of a motion like Cause she can do so many things, and plus, you know, like you said, you know, she can play. What was it? The, the flute. flute. Yes. And well, when Lizzo like breaks out the flute, that gives me life. That is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> but one of the things is, I have really grown to love Lizzo as a person. She is just one of the few people I could just say is really beautiful inside and out. She is yeah. really a beautiful person. I have grown to like be crushing on Lizzo right now. I don't think anyone would whoop your butt for that. I'm kind of crushing Lizzo too. She's just amazing. Yeah, but I'm but, like, you know, I'm like saying, like, you know, in front of my own woman. So <laughs> I have to be careful. Well, trust me, I'm not jealous. Okay. Lizzo is pretty amazing. And you're right. She's really fun in interviews. In fact, if you watch the VMAs on YouTube while you're there, check out her interview that she did with um, Trevor Noah as part of The Daily Show. Okay. It was really a fun and jovial time. She's having a great time with it. So. Loved it. So this wraps up the segment of how our week went. Um, We're going to take a quick break before moving on into the pop culture section. And this one's a little shorter. And I apologize for those of you listening and noticed this segment's a little bit um, shorter than normal. But that's because we wanted to really dig in. We're going to dig in. We're We're going to dig in. We're going to bring our napkins and really talk about the juiciness that was Chicken War 2019. Exactly. So we're going to break it down in our next segment about who won, who lost, the desperation that some people have experienced <laughs> trying to get their hands on um, Popeye's chicken sandwich and, and give our thoughts on who truly is the best. Yeah, we're going to get extra crispy with it. <laughs> exactly. So we'll talk about all that and more in our pop culture segment, What's Eating Us, coming up next. But we'll take a short break right now. And you're listening to The Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back. Zippy, zippy, zippy. (laughs) Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. 
and we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Black Shuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore, as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us in Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt, and, and let's, let's get, get dark. dark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gourmet Goober podcast. This is JJ Outlaw, and I'm here with my co-host and hubby, Big Daddy, and we are talking about what um, we love about pop culture this week and the segment that we like to call What's Eating Us. Um, Before we went on break, you guys may have heard us wax um, nostalgically for um, Missy Elliott and her contributions to music and how her new album, Iconology, kind of really made my week. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing... Before we dive really into the chicken war of 2019, <laughs> I'm sorry. War. That just makes me laugh every time I think about the great chicken war. Yeah, it's like, what did I say? Like, it was like chicken endgame? Exactly. It was like chicken endgame. Exactly. Yeah. And where Thanos snapped his fingers and all the Popeye's chicken. Yeah, I was wondering what, you know, in the <laughs> previous podcast, like, you know, when Thanos was you know, up in that bowl, you know... Like, at the point of Endgame, like, you know, when they sh- the Avengers showed up and whacked him, you know. He really thought he was making gumbo. That's yeah. what you said. My original thought was he was making gumbo, but... No, with the snack, he was, he was making all the chicken disappear. That's right. <laughs> We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in a moment. But there is one thing that Big Daddy brought over um, during our break that I thought it was hilarious enough that we need to acknowledge. Because it's one of those, like, weird pop culture... Things that happen, and you're just like, what? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if you guys have heard, but a couple of days ago, Hasbro, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because you, like millions of children around the world, are probably familiar with their properties, everything from My Little Pony to the Transformers to G.I. Joe to Play-Doh. Hasbro. Monopoly. Yes, to Monopoly and some of the most iconic games that are out there. Mm-hmm. The same company that owns all of that now owns Death Row's Records Music. Death Row. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that Death Row Records. That Death Row Records. So um, you may have heard that there was a deal that was signed um, at the end of August where Hasbro paid $4 billion um, to obtain the assets of a company that's called Entertainment One. And if parents out there who are listening know Entertainment One, that's probably because your kid is watching that popular British show on PBS called Peppa Pig. The Honorary Little Pig. Yes. Oh, my God. First of all, we don't have children. We've talked about this before. But I have friends who have children, and they absolutely hate Peppa Pig. They think Peppa is the devil because Peppa is rude as hell. And to point that out, I never really realized that until I was watching one of my favorite shows on Showtime, Deezus and Mero, mm-hmm. where they were talking. What was it? Peppa was asking this person about whistling. Yes. 
And the kid on the, she was on the phone with some kid. And the, she's like, do you know how to whistle? And the kid starts whistling. And Peppa just hung up on him. Yeah, just basically left him in the I'm like, all right, there goes the phone. I'm like, I've had enough of you. My little British snout. I mean nothing to you. I saw that and laughed my ass off. And I'm just thinking, okay, one, it's probably not good that I'm a parent because I probably would laugh no. and encourage my kids to have this horrible behavior. But apparently Peppa's the worst. But and millions of kids love Peppa Pig. Mm-hmm. So Hasbro naturally thought, hey, we're going to buy the access to Peppa Pig because we make toys. And lo and behold, when they bought the assets to Entertainment One, they also bought um, the music from the fabled label started by Suge Knight in the 90s. Because what happened was Death Row went bankrupt back in 2006. And amongst the many buyers that had purchased the music over the years was Entertainment One. And they paid this for $280 million back in the day. And now those assets, along with Peppa and Pig, sort for $4 billion. Hmm. So think about it. And so for those of you who are listening who don't know what Death Row is, Death Row was this notorious um It was maker. West Coast gangster rap. Yeah, like yes. it was started by Marion. That's what I'm going to say it, because otherwise if I, you know, if I just keep saying Marion Suge Knight, you know. I'm going to get my ass whipped. Yeah. I'm, but other things, but yeah. like Shug is kind know. of notorious. Like, what was he? Like, a, I'm not even going to say that. No, no. He, he basically started off as like a a guy who, like, you know, when you had, like, rappers on tour, um, he covered some guys and he did some, you know, he did some business because, you know, he would handle security yes. as you will for handling things. But, yeah, uh, if you watch the movie uh, Straight Outta Compton, um, one of the things is that in 1991, he... Uh, Suge Knight, um, who was part of the Bloods, uh, the notorious L.A. Um, sorry, the notorious L.A. Street Gang. Um, he all he started a record label um, to get a, uh, Dr. Dre away from um, Interscope, yeah, um, and N.W.A. Um, he put some money together with Dr. Dre and one of Dr. Dre's top proteges at that time, the D.O.C. Um, in 1981, and they basically started off Death Row Records, and Suge Knight basically became the, as you would say, the founder, you know, the CEO, the mother who handled things. The head enforcer. Yes. <laughs> he was the head, and he was the NIC. We're just going to say it like yes, that. Yes, we're, we're just going to say it like that. Yeah. Um, And if you guys wondering, like, hey, they kind of sound scared of Suge Knight, that's because we Suge scared Knight, of Suge Knight. We're scared of Suge Knight. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. Shouldn't I? Back in the day when I was a kid, like I wouldn't even like into rap like that, but I knew not to F with Shug Knight. Yeah, in fact, like, he yeah. very famously didn't he like hold what was it? Um, yeah, ice, they were just, got, just vanilla yeah. ice. He held him outside the window, upside down, <laughs> like you know, because vanilla ice like stole some of his music in Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, they was doing some straight like Godfathers, yeah. you know, like some straight like you know Goodfellas type stuff to him. Shinnai was kind of notorious for that, but that there's said, no, there is no there, like even now that <laughs> the, no the dude's still like up. I think he's still up in you know in the penal system. But yes, I ain't talking yo know, bad about Shug because no, you know. no, Mister Knight, we're not talking bad about you. We're just sharing what we know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I think the thing that I, I, I need to introduce this to this is what's funny about this is like when I was trying to do my little look on this. 
Um, one, we dealing with like, okay, Hasbro, which as you said, had, you know, the Transformers and G.I. Joe, my Mr. Potato pony, Head, Mr. Potato <laughs> Head, and Monopoly and whatever is basically went into business under the same corporate umbrella as Death Row, which also had like, you know, Warren G, um, sorry, Nate Dog, Snoop, uh. the great Tupac, and of course with Dre, but also, there were some other people that were under the death row umbrella that I was just like, wait a minute. And there were short stints. Trust me. Some of them were like one record, you know, type deals, or at least they just basically didn't do good albums and should just shut that off like, you no, know, real quick. But we got some names in here. And this is funny because you have to bear with me. This is Wikipedia. Okay. But we talking about dudes from like, okay, of course you had the DLC and you had him, but remember like, okay, with Snoop. He did a bid before he got in with uh, No Limit um, and Master P. But uh, so, of course, you know, Snoop on there. But there was also some some cats on here. Like, you remember, oh, I'm sorry, cats and females. Remember the Lady of Rage? I oh. rock rough and stuff with my Afro puffs. Yeah, Lady of Rage was part of the row? Yeah, she did time with the row. Okay. Okay, but you also had people, you know, like for a minute, there was actually an album with, with Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Oh. There was a dude, like, remember, like, back with, like, I think it was, uh, um, I don't think you may have known, like, K-Solo. He yeah. did a minute, um, I, I want to say it was, like, Headbanger with EPMD and Red Man. But also, uh, one of the things that intrigued me was, like, there was actually a deal, um, you remember, like, when Hammer, MC Hammer tried to go hard? Oh, yeah. And he was running with, like, you know, did, like, a song or two. With, like, you know, with Pac and whatever. Was that the Pumps and a Bump song? I think this was, like, Pumps and a Bump and, like, kind of maybe a little bit after that for a minute. That was hilarious, because I'm like, dude, you're not hardcore. You have a Saturday morning cartoon called Hammerman. That's right. <laughs> no one believes that. <laughs> but, yeah, I did know that, that that was the case as well. So, um, yeah. So, I, I just... Obviously, we're going to talk about The Great Chicken War, but it was enough where we were talking about it since we're already in a musical vein, talking about Missy, and I'm just like, dude, Mr. Potato Head and Pop. That's right. Together. <laughs> just so it was, Oh, so, wait, wait, my favorite. I'm wait, sorry. Wait. Oh, Jeff Riley. Remember, this is also the record, like, you know, when, um, during the time of, you know, Death Row, mm-hmm. do you remember, like, one of the things that really should have had their own doll? You know, you remember uh, No Lies with Michelle? Yeah, that was his ex-wife. Yeah. Think about Michelle doing Hasbro. Okay, like doing stop. like, you know, doing like voiceover. Stop. First that of all, was like, that was a thousand watts of great right there. You know what? I'm, I'm not even sure whether to laugh or to say anything about that. Because one, apparently her relationship with Shaq Knight was really, really awful. In fact, there was a there is a Lifetime movie that was made about it. Because mm-hmm. I guess Shug Knight and she was also with Dr. Dre and they were both horribly abusive to her. Um, and if you don't know who Misha Lay is, um, Google it. Her name is spelled like Michelle, but it's there's pronounced There's an apostrophe in there somewhere. Right, there's an apostrophe in there somewhere. She's notorious for having this incredible singing voice, but having a very, very, like, almost childish, squeaky, yeah. squeaky speaking voice. Um... But that said, yeah, Amisha Lee did. Doll, that would have been interesting. But, 
Yes. <laughs> Sings like this. Stop. Talks like this. Stop. No, 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 no disrespect to Misha Lake. She was like, she, she had a jam back then. Yeah, she had a jam. <laughs> but, but yeah, that said, I mean, just the idea that Hasbro would have that. It's kind of wild. So, yeah, um, the details about it, mm-hmm. I've read a couple articles in Forbes and other places were really interesting, so I encourage you to Google it. Okay. Um, just curious, what was your favorite Death Row artist or song? Because I know for me, and you know it's, it's I'm a huge Tupac fan, and I think California Love, it's like forever a jam. You always hear it everywhere. You know, the idea that you know, you could be listening to Pac in a commercial with that. It's still mind blowing to me. Um, but yeah, just curious, what was your favorite? Okay. I, I was trying to go through like all the different um joints with with Dre and Snoop. Um there was a part of me I was trying to figure out like what was on row and what was kind of like afterwards. You know, they were still collaborating, like, you know, after that. But and I was also trying to make sure, like, you know, with Warren G and Nate Dogg, if, like, you know, um, Regulate was on there. But actually, I'm not the biggest, like, Pac dude, because, like, in the East Coast, West, I was always, you know, a notorious B.I.G. dude. But, like... He was an East Coast person. Yeah, he was definitely <laughs> East Coast. But at the same time, my best, like, death row uh, compo was definitely uh, All Eyes on Me by Tupac. Oh, Yeah. That whole album was amazing. So. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that. So, like I said, if you're interested in it, I mean, obviously, this is not a music podcast, so we're not going to talk about it a lot. But we can't talk about pop culture without talking about the weirdness that is, um, you know, Mister Potato Head and Plato and Pac. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, um, I'll be waiting for my Mister Potato mixtape because you know what if kool-aid can drop a mixtape in hamburger helper why not mr potato head hell yeah i'm down with that i'm waiting for that mix i i think honestly if hasbro owns that and there's no play-doh mixtape that is a mix opportunity miss opportunity for them (laughs) that would be tight i think that would be hella tight (laughs) just as long as like you know when you put the mr potato head on like you make sure you give him a mouth to rap with yeah mr potato head go gangster and have him open his mouth and have snoop's voice come out that would be everything that would be like yeah (laughs) i would pay for that be some crazy like gi joe and jonesy or something yes So, we cannot even begin to touch pop culture without saying a moment and just taking a moment for Popeyes. Because yeah, that's going to be more than a moment. <laughs> they have truly won the last two weeks of pop culture or with more. their part in the Great Chicken Wars. Which, Great Chicken Wars of 2019. Basically, all these places knew when I walked up in the door, they knew it. I wanted. The, the chicken. chicken. <laughs> they weren't playing. I wanted the chicken. And if you're not familiar, first of all, seriously, I don't know how you've lived over the last couple of weeks and not heard about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. But in a nutshell, two weeks ago, Popeye's chicken rolled out. And I say two weeks ago, they rolled out nationwide. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly think that Chicagoland was one of the places they test marketed this. 
because I had the sandwich before it became popular on social media, but didn't realize it was the sandwich everyone was talking about. Yes, haha. Yeah. <laughs> so two weeks ago, people started talking on Twitter about the advent of this new incredible Popeye sandwich. And you could get it in two versions, right? Um, basically, it's the most basic sandwich. It was what? What kind of bread was it? Do you remember? I thought it was like traditional, like uh, white bread. No, no, no it wasn't. Bun. No, I forget the type of bun. But basically, okay. it was a bun. It was a pickle. You can get it in two various varieties. They were both fried chicken sandwiches. Mm-hmm. One with this incredible spicy remoulade that Popeye is known for. Um, kind of similar to what was on... Um, if you listen to the podcast, the alligator poor boy from last week, mm-hmm. um, and or you can get it without, which it's still spicy, but it has like a mayo, basic mayo on it, and people sort of tasting it, and then they were saying, you know, this is like light years better than the Chick Fil A sandwich and that Chick- they offered yeah. that was off um, similar. Chick Fil A got into their feelings, yeah, they got they, a little shook, and so they tweeted Popeyes. And Popeyes laughed at their tweet, retweeted it, and said, y'all good. And then once Popeye threw down on Twitter, it was on. It was on like like Donkey Kong. People started piling on. They started taking sides. And then the next thing you know, it It was was like a East Coast, West Coast. Yes, it literally was like an East Coast, West Coast thing. Exactly. So basically, in a nutshell, Without spending a single advertising dollar. Because think about it. In these two weeks, you never once saw a commercial for this Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah, social media became its own, like, you know, advertising for free. And then people went insane for it. So literally, just to give you an idea of how much social media had a say-so in this, um, by some estimates, a business analyst are saying, that Popeye's got $24 million in free social media advertising mm-hmm. from people sharing their love of this sandwich to the point where people were posting videos about it. They were talking about it on television. Gail King documented on her hosting responsibilities on CBS this morning, and I watch it every morning because I'm one of those people I don't really care about a lot of the pop culture stuff that are on the other shows. I just want the news before I go to work. Okay. And so it was hilarious seeing Gail King talk about her struggles and getting her hands on the sandwich. And that's when I'm like, oh, this is big because now they're talking she about talked it. Oprah. Oprah well, yeah. would have been like, hey, Oprah was like, hey. Oprah probably had her own Popeye's yeah. franchise in her place. She probably got Magic Johnson. <laughs> She was like, uh, <laughs> m- magic? Uh, I don't know why she didn't call Oprah. Chicken. Oprah had yeah. that sandwich. <laughs> Oprah, yeah. Oprah was probably like, um, I, I deem the sandwich okay. Yeah. <laughs> but 20, I mean, it was literally everywhere to the point where, get this, Popeye's only planned to have this sandwich out for a limited time, right, y'all? It mm-hmm. was only supposed to be an initial seven-week run. They sold out completely of all the chicken cut for the sandwich in two weeks to the point where they tweeted this hilarious video. They also put it on their YouTube channel where basically it said, y'all, we are sold out. You broke us. (laughs) Wow. We literally broke 
Popeye's chicken. You broke Popeye's. And it was funny because I was texting Big Daddy like, they're on a sandwich. And the depth by which that some people, the links rather, that some people went to to get a sandwich was just insane. Like, I have a really good friend of mine that I stay uh, maintain relationship with on Facebook. Um, and she gave me permission to share the story. So I'm not going to use her name, but she gave me permission. She lives in Indianapolis. We went to high school together. So she posted several times over the course of a week her futile attempts to get her hands on such a sandwich. Really? To the point where, get this. So she went to this Popeye's franchise, right? They actually locked the doors. They locked the doors. Yes, you could not walk into the Popeye's to place an order. They only let people go through the drive-thru, right? So all of these cars were lined up around this franchise in their cars because they can't walk in to get a sandwich. She wasn't even able to get her hands on one. In fact, at one point, when she was close to placing the order, Mm -hmm. she said that the manager sent the employees out, and they're knocking on windows and letting people know that they were sold out. Did they also give them body armor? No. (laughs) Maybe they should have. (laughs) Could have protected them with some of the biscuits or something. Yeah, but it got to the point where there's actually... Did you hear there's this dude who's suing? Because he didn't get his hands on the sandwich. Yeah, I think I tweeted that out to you. The hell? Yeah. Who suits because you don't get your hand on a sand- chicken sandwich? White people. <laughs> I'm not trying not to be like to punk, that loud. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, I'm mad. Like, I'm going to start yelling at folks, but I'm not going to like run up in there and be like, no, I'm getting oh litigious God. with this. There will be no litigation because I'm like, I'm going to be mad. I'm being my feelings. I'm going to ask. Wait a minute, your, your name is Popeyes. Unlike KFC, like, yeah, your name is Popeyes. Y'all serve chicken, but y'all ain't got enough chicken for the chicken sandwich. But, yeah, I'm not getting, like, getting lawyers involved in this. Did they promise you that they were going to hand you a piece of chicken? No, no. This guy was talking about how he was obsessed with it, and he was consumed, I think the lawsuit actually says, with the thought of getting chicken, where he went to several franchises and was broken. That was sold out. First of all, I'm really surprised that you said that. No, I'm surprised that I'm like hearing this, but I think the thing that got me was like, okay, I'm concerned about before this started, uh-huh. I wonder how many times has this dude been to a Popeye's? Popeyes. I mean, like a real in-the-neighborhood Popeye's. Not just like, you know, one that you found at the Oasis on, like, you know, some <laughs> interstate. No. You probably have been to Popeye's maybe ten times, this guy, gentleman. And now he's like, oh, no, I didn't get my chicken sandwich like after everybody else did. No, I'm calling my lawyer friend. No, no. Is that the same as calling the manager? <laughs> yeah, I demand to see the manager. No. Okay, okay. The manager's name is Rollo, and Rollo ain't having this. Okay, first of all, I love you, but I'm like really surprised you said that, but not really, because that's one of the things that <laughs> you were thinking it. Yes, I was. Yes, but I wasn't going to say it. No, it's okay. I did. <laughs> I'm sure there were other people, you know, whether or not from whatever ethnic or religious or consecrated <clears throat> background, 
you know, but at the same time, come on, bruh. Okay, the gourmet goober is not responsible. You know what? I'm not even going to say that. You know what? You know, hey, it is what you it know is. I am on Twitter. Please forgive me. It is, you know what? Okay. Let's just be honest. I I thought the same too. <laughs> yeah. And. But look, back to the, come on now. No back one, to the no, one su- no one sues for missing out on the chicken. And yes. the hilarious part was that other chick, other restaurants couldn't let this be between Popeye's and Chick-fil-A. No. So other restaurants tried to jump in the fray. That's so right. Like, the other Avengers decided to show yes. up at that moment. Oh, so it's goodness. kind of like going back to the Avengers sex scene in Wakanda where they all show up and they decide to fight. Yes, everybody so, jumped in this, and it was like, wait a minute, it was like one, two people, Popeyes, KFC, who were kind of like quiet for a while. No, no, KFC didn't say anything. Yo, that's right, okay. KFC, they're, they had other problems. But Wendy's famously tweeted, in fact, there was this hilarious tweet back and forth, where Wendy's was like making fun of them, and then Popeyes referred to their biscuits and say. Hey, someone must have had one of our biscuits because you're thirsty for attention. Wow. And then Wendy's tweeted back, so you admit your food is dry. <laughs> and I was like, oh, snap. Oh. It's popping now between Popeyes and Wendy's on social media. But then, oh damn, my God. Damn. damn shame you have to go hoorah on Wendy's. <laughs> I know. Just. Wendy's late at night, like looking outside before they leave. Yeah, all of a sudden, like waiting the, for the Popeyes people to come get them. That's right. They're gonna wake up, and for some reason, like you know, the little redhead, like you know, logo is gonna have a little change on it. The funny thing was, oh my god! And then Boston Market. Boston why, Market. Why did you see? Y'all could have just sat there and ate your food. Y'all, y'all could have really been quiet. The but Taylor no. Swift of, <laughs> I don't know, of con- cuisine, fast food cuisine, as you will. Wow. It's not even fast. Yes. <laughs> Boston Market, that place. I know I'm not getting sponsorship from Boston Market, but. We are never getting sponsorship from Boston Market. Although yeah. we did pick up a new sponsor that will roll out next week. Okay. But assuredly, it will not be Boston Market. <laughs> yeah, Boston Market. I'm so but sorry. Boston but. Market decided to say, I don't know why everyone's. They tweeted something to the effect of, I don't really know why everyone's talking about chicken sandwiches. Let's talk about our mac and cheese. <laughs> and then, okay, then I tweeted something nasty back about their mac and cheese being basic. Because it is. Their mac and cheese is big as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really... It's, their mac and cheese good. is like good mac and cheese if you're used to the powdered cheese kind. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like really it's bad. like long back mac and cheese. <laughs> It is not good mac and cheese, not at all. Are you saying this is quite basic? You know, you're saying it's it's quite uh, simple, as you will. Their mac and cheese, literally. If you okay, if you guys have ever who's listening have ever had the Velveeta mac and cheese, it's literally Velveeta mac and cheese, but it's made with like that weird cheese. It's not Velveeta. It's like cheese food. No. Okay. Powder cheese food? No, no, no. Have you ever gone to like... I'm not... Have you ever gone to a sporting event? No. Okay. And you've had like um, the nachos. And you know how the nacho cheese is not really cheesy. It's like that weird 
like buttery, like like cheese. gelatinous looking. Yes, that's how Boston markets mac and cheese. Is. It's covered hmm. with that minus the jalapenos. It is not very good. And I was just like, you could have just stayed out of this. So you're saying the jalapenos would have helped it? The jalapenos could have really helped it. Okay. And then Shake Shack decided, like, well, everyone knows that we have the real... And then people started making fun of how expensive Shake Shack um, chicken sandwiches were because the beauty of the Popeye's chicken sandwich is you've got, like, this huge, substantial sandwich, and it was only, like, three bucks. Mm. It was, like, hella cheap. Okay. So that was why we were like, you know, maybe Shake Shack should stay out of this. Yeah, Shake Shack got all debushy, and all of a sudden they got the smacky. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Shake Shack and I love their food, but yeah, it does. I'm, I might take out a loan just to like, you know, visit Shake Shack some days. But the insane thing in all of this, you would think that KFC would have said something, right? KFC. But they can't KFC like say Kentucky never, Fried Chicken anymore. Yeah, KFC never responded back. And so someone on Twitter investigated and it came up to the what I believe is the biggest crime ever committed against fried chicken. What was that? To the point where remember we were in the car together and I was just I was just beforehand horrible horrified and you looked at me. We were on the way to the wedding. Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, you guys. The reason why KFC stayed out of it, right, is their big chicken sandwich is the Cheetos chicken sandwich. So, it's a chicken sandwich topped with Cheetos. Cheetos, y'all. It has, like, this liquid, oily sauce that they call Cheeto sauce. And that is what they're selling is their big chicken sandwich. So, of course, when people started talking about it and they're like, hey, why are we not hearing from KFC? And then they saw that on their menu, like, hmm, maybe that's why. To the point where I don't think I've ever saw a commercial for that either, but that looks. Ugh. No, there's no good words for like somewhere a chested cheetah is sitting here just smacking his head like he took off his glasses and just kind of just he sat down. I'm saying before we went into the the wedding, we took a moment of silence for the chicken sandwich at the KFC. It was yeah. so we're gonna leave them out of the competition of the chicken no, wars. No, 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 no. They I'm clearly not. lost there, but they they lost. You know what they lost with me when I heard the discuss like the test of the Beyond Meat. Oh my gosh! Yes. So the other reason why KFC was silent for the chicken wars is they're actually attesting a Beyond Meat chicken substitute yes for kfc now they're trying to like catch you know the impossible whoppers like you know smoke or whatever like something like they're trying to jump on the impossible beyond beef ish craze so they're trying to go with something like a plant-based um form of meat as you will to substitute for like you know the uh, the cal the caloric value of some of their chicken and other um, uh, menu recipes. At some point, and and I respect expanding your menu to make sure that everyone can enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. But the idea of substituting 
And I have a lot of vegetarian vegan friends. Let me just preface this by saying it, but mm. I, I I don't. I have a few, but I don't talk to them very often. I, I that is. I respect right. their choices, but at the same time, yeah, no, 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 no. I can only I do just, so much. But literally, the name, the word "chicken" is in your name. Yes, Kentucky Fried Chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I was so right. the idea of having like fake chicken at a chicken place is a little disturbing to me. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I don't because, care if you're throwing in like you know, I don't care if you're throwing like you know some nachos with some Beyond Meat or whatever, like you know, as a a sub item or whatever. But at a certain point, if I show up and I ask for chicken, chicken, and you show up and you give me something that's called Beyond Chicken, then I'm gonna be beyond upset. <laughs> I just can't, you know. I'm sorry, I just can't get down with that. Like you know, I don't like being fooled, or like even if I knew that it was there, I I'm sorry, I. I'm a little nerved by that, but I mean, I'm, I'm, wow. That was your entry into the chicken wars. They intentionally did that. It's almost like as if, you know how like, like Popeye's and Chick-fil-A and like, you know, some of the other, as you will, were trying to jump in on like, you know, this big Avengers thing. And then all of a sudden it's like. (laughs) It was almost as if, like, you know, some of the other ones who tried to jump in were, like, my wife has this running joke about the affirmative action or, like, you know, the smaller end of the super friends. Oh, yeah, the the affirmative, <laughs> the affirmative action of super Okay, if you guys have ever seen the Challenge of the Super Friends, it's, like, this 70s cartoon. I'm such a nerd. Mm. And it was all DC-based characters, right? So there was, like, Batman, and there's Superman. And there's Wonder, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and there's Aquaman, and then somewhere around the 70s, someone said, you know, we were leaving some people out. So that's what I call the affirmative action super friends, where they really didn't do anything. Like, you never see episodes that are built around, like, Apache Chief and Black Vulcan and, oh my gosh, I've, there was an Asian. It wasn't the Wonder Twins, was it? No, 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 no. It wasn't the Wonder Twins. Okay. They were just, they were there to replace those horrible mystery twins. We won't talk about them. Okay. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, it was kind of like the lesser known super friends that were there to supposedly make children of color feel better watching the show, but really we're just like, oh, they're just there to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, they like, you know, they had powers of some kind, but at the same time. They weren't, like, you know, as burst into, like, you know, all the different adventures of said cartoons. Plus, they didn't do much. I mean, Apache Chiefs just grew tall, which is nice if you want to get a cat out of a tree. But really, there were no episodes that were saved by Apache Chief. Yeah. yeah. And Black Vulcan, I mean, he just had, what was it, that episode of Harvey Birdman, um, Attorney at Law, where they were making fun of how these characters were just used for nothing more than just a cheap trick to get kids to watch in the 70s. Yeah. And he famously said, yeah, what's your superpower? I just have like a thousand bolts of lightning in yeah. my pants. <laughs> that was that. A thousand bolts of lightning <laughs> in my pants. In my pants. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I think like a- this is going to the chicken wars is you're saying that there are two major titans that were fighting Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. And then, and then they had the lesser-known super friends 
trying to get in there and get their shine. Is they, that yeah, it? That's right. <laughs> they want their little piece of the action. All of a sudden, <laughs> you know, they try to jump in. All of a sudden, they get smacked down. Yeah. Don't jump in the battle royale if you ain't, you know, got a dog in the fight. Yeah. So clearly, clearly, KFC is like the Aquaman. That's not the cool Aquaman that's Jason Momoa. We're talking the sad Aquaman that they used to make fun of and entourage. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you know, you had all these different places that could have, you know, jumped in this, you know, kind of like churches. Yeah. Kind you're, of you're from like churches. You know, yeah. There were a bunch of different, like, you know, you know, restaurants that, you know, that make pretty decent chicken, as you will, that were, uh, they were either in it or not in it, or they were just kind of like, well, you know, we're going to dip our toe in. No, you, if you in it, you in it, but if you ain't, just, just sit back and relax and just let people, like, you know, the different regions enjoy your chickens. You know, one restaurant that we did hear from that made some noise on social media doing this. And this is actually a real restaurant. Crazy name. It's actually called Shucking and Jiving. Shucking and Jiving. Yes, Shucking and Jiving. It, believe it or not, is a restaurant that is known for soul food. It's a Miami-based restaurant. Miami. <coughs> Tiamiami. And they posted, like, while Chick-fil-A and Popeyes are fighting, they don't want the smoke. And they posted pictures of their own sandwich. And then, of course, that brought a whole new listing on social media, like, going in on them. Because, like, dude, your name is Chuckin' and Jiving. That's not really a positive name. That's right. You can't <laughs> Why don't you call it Steph and Fetch It? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, as soon as you showed me the commercial on, like, you know, was it on YouTube? Yes. Whatever. You know, the first thing I was like, you know, my favorite will always be, you know, from Undercover Brother. Oh, General's Fried Chicken? It's but kicking. <laughs> General's Fried Chicken with the nappy pack. <laughs> Not the nappy pack. Come Is on. Is that the one that came with the malt liquor? That's right. <laughs> but was it Coke 45? Well, actually, it probably was. Since yeah. it was. <laughs> yes, the General and Undercover Brother was played by Lando Calrissian himself. Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Billy D. <laughs> And I think he's contractually obligated anytime there's a, <laughs> a malt liquor buy and it has to be cold That's right. Part of the nappy pack, you know, because his chicken <laughs> is, is the, the bomb. bomb. <laughs> oh, come on, baby. Okay. For those listeners who are listening and going, what the hell? This really went off this. Okay. First of all. It's do chicken. You, do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. We talked about whether or not we're going to play the commercial. On our podcast, we decided not to. But if you go to YouTube and go and look into search for shucking and jiving, you will see this whole commercial that is you just have to see to believe. Mm. Um, involves a singing waitress who just goes there and her singing, and yeah, it's <clears throat> quite interesting. It is quite interesting. And in reference to. Um, the General's Fried Chicken, there's also a really great parody film that we recommend called Undercover Brother, and it's kind of a parody of the 70s. You yeah. know what? We should have brought that up in a Black Flirtations film um, conversation we had last week. Yeah. Because in many respects, Undercover Brother would fall um, like Black Dynamite as being a really good parody. Yeah. But one of the characters in the movie 
is um, a general that's retiring um, that's played by Billy D. Williams. And, you know, there's all this great speculation. Is he going to run for president? Is he going to join the Senate? No, he decides to open up a a stereotypical chicken joint with the catchiest theme song ever involving something called the Nappy Pack. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So as opposed to you're going like a couple different directions with it, but yeah, it's like you have someone who's kind of like a Colin Powell type uh, of, you know, professionalism, but at the same time, they took little elements of, as you would say, KFC's kernel and kind of threw it together and threw a little shucking and jabbing on that. And some malt liquor. And some malt liquor. Because, you know, every parody of a fried chicken place. Meets Paul Licker. That just kind of wraps it up. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been saying that. You know, I did college, you know, and I did drink. Oh, I had some OE. Don't tell some, that story. <laughs> I had some singats. Yeah. I had some OE too. You yeah. mixed it with something crazy. No, this isn't the one about the, uh, it wasn't the Shampipple. No, no. The Shampipple. <laughs> no, we, we're not having like, you know, the Fred Sanford type. No, no. No, no. This was, uh, no, that was my cousin wanted the, uh, he wanted some malt liquor, but somehow we ended up mixing hypnotic and actual crystal champagne. Okay, that that's horrifying. I, I never think... said we were bright then. No, no, you were not. And it, mm. I'm glad you're still here <laughs> to drink that. Mm. So back to the Great Chicken Wars. Let me just say a disclosure, and I feel really bad. Because I know that there are a lot of listeners out there who wanted to get their hands on the chicken. And like I said, Popeye is sold out of the chicken completely, but they promise that they're going to bring it back soon. I like the McRib. I actually had, okay. I got to have two chicken sandwiches at two separate times. Two chicken sandwiches. Okay. I didn't eat them at the same time, but like one time when I realized that this was all like, Oh my God, this is like the chicken sandwich that I had before. Is it that sandwich? So I stopped by the Popeyes on Kenty near where I work and I had the spicy chicken sandwich and it was everything. It was really dope, Mel. I mean, it was really hot and spicy and great pickles and it was amazing. And it was a huge sandwich, right? You get like a really substantial like chicken breast with it. Yeah. And then a couple days later, when I started really picking up Steve online, I was like, oh, let me just... And it was one of those days that I had to go home because the internet was out of my office and I had some things I need to do at home. So on my drive home in order to work from home and use my home's internet, I stopped by the local KFC, which oddly enough, there wasn't a crazy line. Okay. And I just maybe waited 10 minutes, got my chicken sandwich and brought it home and I brought an extra for you. Yes. And at that point, I brought the classic... Because I know you're not really into spicy food like I am. Mm -hmm. But it was a great opportunity for people to taste it. So that said, I can vouch for it. It is really an incredible chicken sandwich. Now, is it worth suing Popeye's for if you didn't get your hand on it? I'm going to say no. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. know. Where are you going with that, Mr. Lawsuit? But that is hilarious. But Big Daddy had a chance to try both the Popeyes and the Chick-fil-A because disclosure, I don't, I've had Chick-fil-A before Mm -hmm. and I really like Chick-fil-A, 
but I have a problem with some of the policies that the leadership has with Chick-fil-A because I have a lot of friends who are members of the LBGTQ, um IA community. Mm-hmm. And for me to support a business that, and it's not the employees because the employees are super nice, but the leadership and the ownership, a lot of that money goes to organizations that support things like, you know, <clears throat> Just things that are anti-gay, anti-lesbian, anti-trans. And I have, like I said, friends and loved ones who fall in that community. So out of solidarity for them and trying to be an ally, you know, I know it's not much of a sacrifice in the grand scheme of things, but I kind of feel skeezy buying their, you know, their waffle fries, knowing that my money could ultimately hurt people that I love. So I don't choose to eat Chick-fil-A, but that said, I know a lot of people, even members of the LBGTQ community and friends of mine who do choose to eat it, and that's their prerogative. But that said, you actually had a chance to try both the Popeyes, and then you went and got a Chick-fil-A sandwich for comparison, right? Yes, within four, four to five hours in between. So having tried both. Who do you think won the chicken war? Because you would probably be the person to address it in the segment. Um, see, that's the thing. I did, you know, my wife did deliver a uh, very nice uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Uh, let's say about noon, I, I ate it. It was very, very good, very, very warm, very succulent. Had a good flavor to it. Oh, man. It was, it was a nice piece of, I'll assume it was made from the breast of a chicken. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I really, ta- I really like the taste of it because it was nice, warm, and juicy, and it came in a nice little package and everything. And so I then hopped on a train, went to downtown Chicago, then uh, went down state and uh, grabbed a, a Chick Fil A sandwich uh, with some waffle fries because, you know, I'm a big fan of you know the waffle fries, even if it is biggity chicken. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, cool. So I went and I sat down in my office and I, I partook of the Chick-fil-A sandwich. And I'm willing to say Chick-fil-A had a really nice sandwich. It was very tasty. I do admit, like, you know, I had to warm it up real quick in the microwave because it had been a little time. But honestly, I really believe that Popeyes outdid themselves and they stepped up the bar. Some of it was on the sauce, but some of it was on just the fact that Popeye's chicken, as you will, was just, when it's like good and fresh, and it has the right amount of crispiness to it, but also the fact that like the interior meat was so nice and rich and succulent, as you will, a little bit more succulent and juicier than the Chick-fil-A, which is a little drier. I'm willing to say Popeye's was the winner, one. The two, I like to also harken back to, uh, not so much for this one, but like way back to when, remember I talked about the hack, uh, oh, the idea yeah. with Popeye's with one of their, like, you know, with the Philly like, cheesesteak sandwich, with the Philly <laughs> cheesesteak sandwich from, you know, um, Philly's finest out of Chicago. Right. And then going to Popeye's and getting like a chicken breast and ripping it up and then you know, putting it in your, uh, Philly steak. Philly steak. Now, granted, I'm not sure how this chicken sandwich from Popeye's and trying to put that in a uh, Philly cheesesteak would work, but right. 
sometimes when you get a good fresh Popeyes um, batch of chicken, if you get like a two piece or whatever, or some tenders, and they're fresh, and you really get a good succulent original batch, Popeyes is some is some damn good chicken. Like you know, for a typical fast food area, I'm also intrigued by the fact that. I, I realized something kind of funny when you were saying when you were talking about it. I think in all the years I've been around and dealt with Popeyes, I have never been to a Popeyes drive-thru. Really? Yeah. I don't believe I have ever been in a Popeyes drive-thru window. You know what? I think I may have gone through once or twice when I was a child because growing up back in the day, there was only one Popeyes in Indianapolis, and it was on 38th Street for a long time. Okay. So, and it was one of those, 38th Street is completely revitalized now. It's going through a transition. But back in the day, 38th Street, there were some sections that were known as questionable. And so, yeah, my parents, whenever we went to go to Popeye's, we would go through the drive-thru. Interesting. No, I never thought of that. No, and that, that's the thing. Like, okay, I will freely admit that, yes, when I was younger, that, like, yeah, my mother got paid and whatever, you know, she would go to the grocery store on a Friday. That, yeah, she went through... Because one of the things growing up that I loved when I was a little kid was, I forgot exactly when they made them, but like, you know, when Popeyes had these like little nuggets. Oh, yeah. Um, When I was a little kid, like, yeah, she would go through the drive-thru and we would get these nuggets. And for some reason, like, their nuggets, for some reason, at that point, were spicy to me. But I did go through drive-thru then, but like, you know, since I was an adult, I've never gone through a Popeyes drive Like, I've always like, like done the walk-in. I guess the same thing. For the most part, it could be say like very rarely have I ever gone through a KFC drive through. I like to like walk in and like actually see them mm. put the chicken in the box because some places might be shady. But yeah, for the most part, um, to answer your question, yes, the uh, I would like to believe Popeyes won this, but Chick Fil A does put out a good product. So, <clears throat> no, 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 hold up. What what did you feel like? You know, if you partaken of Popeyes and then like Chick Fil A. Well, the thing is, I've had Chick Fil A before. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I've not eaten Chick Fil A in full disclosure, and well over a year. It was just one of those personal commitments that I've made after talking with a good friend of mine, um, who explained, you know, their thoughts on it. And after thinking about what they had to say, um, like I said, that was just my personal choice, and I'm not begrudging anyone. Um, for making that decision, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, their waffle fries are the bomb. Let me just say that. That said, oh, that Popeyes was a hell of a sandwich. So much so that I had to. <laughs> so I, harking back to earlier in the segment when I was talking about my friend who was stuck in the drive-through, she's still mad, and I had to get her permission mm-hmm. to like share her story because you know I want to be respectful of her privacy, but at the same time. I felt like I had to tell her that I've actually had two of the sandwiches because she never got one before they sold out. You mad, bro? <laughs> and stop. And I didn't want her to find out on the podcast, like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that said, no, it's an incredible sandwich. Now, am I shocked that it took off the way it did on social media? I was I, shocked, yeah. Yes, and I'm sure Popeyes was shocked too, judging by their response. But that said, it was an amazing sandwich, and it was kind of something fun that everyone kind of got in on, you know, the excitement of the saga of the chicken sandwich before it 
it dropped out and disappeared. I hope that Popeyes doesn't wait too long in bringing it back so they can stay on that momentum because, hell, think about that. They sold out of seven weeks' worth of chicken and two weeks without <laughs> airing a single commercial. They aired yeah. not one commercial about the chicken sandwich. About the chicken sandwich. Think yeah. about it. You didn't see it. Nothing from chicken and any at all. Yes. <laughs> so I just think this is one of those brilliant pop culture foodie moments that's kind of all blended together, and it just... It, it was hysterical. I'm glad that I was a part of it. You were part um, of the frenzy. I was part of the frenzy. I think the thing that was just funny to me is like, I like to, I always had this thing about when I hearken back to like, you know, what's been going on with the chicken wars. All I think about is that, you know, that thing that when we saw George Wallace in Vegas, when he was talking about the, you know, the one thing you learn about is that chicken has got to be the only, you know, animal on earth that doesn't, that doesn't die of na- natural death does not die of natural <laughs> causes you know so on behalf of all the chickens that met its maker during the chicken wars we want to say we apologize for that and you for the apologize, Pope- but mm-mm, good yes and for the popeyes workers who we know was working around the clock and had to knock on the windows we salute you too because obviously you guys are the real mvp yeah but the yes. lord's work we survived together as a nation, the Great Chicken War, and considering all the other madness that is going on, the fact that we can come together over a chicken sandwich is actually pretty dope. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to figure out in my head, like, you know, what's going to be the biggest thing upcoming, like, in the next, like, few weeks? Like, is it the chicken sandwich when it comes back? Is it going to be, like, the McRib? Because, you know, around the time the McRib always comes out. Well, we know what it is. But and it's funny, time. all these people were making fun of us and saying, oh, all these people are excited over the chicken sandwich, but you won't vote. First of all, that's a fallacy, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. But secondly, I have seen people fight over pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah. And it's eventually pumpkin slice latte season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's going to be the bigger thing right now. <laughs> Let me just say, PSL is real. Just as real as Uggs. <laughs> yes. Interesting in that culture. So, yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, the pumpkin spice latte <laughs> will win the war. Yes. We'll take everyone out, but yeah. <laughs> I give, you know, Popeye's love for trying. So, we're going to take a break and then we're going to close out talking as we always do with the best thing that we ate this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you're listening to the Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back. I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. Let me ask you something. Do you love conversations about hood snacks? Deep philosophical discussions on why, I don't know, corn dogs should be called meat twinkies? Or why Love and Hip Hop Atlanta has the right level of ratchet? Well, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, you might be a goober, which is why you should be a part of our bi weekly podcast where we tackle life's most important foodie and pop culture questions like. Why community fries should be a thing. (laughs) And if you love the Gourmet Goober podcast, how about supporting us? You can give us a five-star review on Stitcher and iTunes. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. You can advertise with us. Or you can visit anchor.fm backslash gourmetgoober. Click the support this podcast button and put just five on it to help support independent media. So if you're a goober like me, no worries. Just join us here at the Gourmet Goober. Be a part of our bi-weekly podcast 
then support us now at anchor.fm backslash Courtney Goober. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gourmet Goober podcast. Um, this is JJ Outlaw, and as always, I'm here with my hubby and co-host, Big Daddy, a.k.a. T. Outlaw. A.k.a. That Dude. <laughs> and this is the part of the podcast where we usually wrap up um, every podcast talking about the best thing we ate this week. But before we do, mm-hmm. there's one cool thing that I wanted to share with the audience. So um, earlier this summer, we had an opportunity to be interviewed for a podcast that is really amazing called The Chef's Table. It is hosted by a chef. He goes by the name Chef Salty Pork. Um, He owns multiple restaurants in this area. And he actually interviewed us um, about the Gourmet Goober and from everything from the origins of the nickname to I divulged a secret um, love of food that I haven't really talked about publicly before. Um, but no, it was really a fun um, interview and it's now available. So um, if you, I'll put the link in the show notes. You can also listen to it. I think I just posted it on the gourmetgoober.com. But shout out to Chef Salty Quark and yes. the team at the Chef's Mill. Thank you so much for making us feel welcome. It was really a great time. And I hope you guys get a chance to listen to it because it was really awesome. It was really fun. Yes. So that said, we wanted to wrap up the segment as we always do, talking about the best thing we ate this week. And as usual, we start with Big Daddy because, you know, you always share something really cool and amazing. (laughs) So what was the best thing you had this week? Ah, the best thing I had this week. Over the last two weeks, I've partaken of a lot of different dishes. Um, Some good, some bad, some a little ugly. (laughs) And you would think that I actually shocked the goober over here with, she thought that I was going to like end with something from Pogo de Chow. And trust me, um, the chicken, I'm sorry, the wrapped, the bacon wrapped uh, chicken and the bacon wrapped filet um, samples from chick. I'm sorry, boom, the samples, as you will, from Pogo uh, de Chow was uh, absolutely wonderful. My, my favorite of these choices. Um, but, I went home style, and my choice for the best thing I ate this week actually came from the Gourmet Goober. Lord forbid. (laughs) I still haven't gotten my gumbo, but... The gumbo is coming, people. The The gumbo gumbo is is coming. coming. (laughs) The gumbo is coming, y'all. But yes, what I had this week was she decided, I asked her, or she had asked me, as you will, if there was something I was, I haven't had in a while, not just randomly said, oh, I haven't had a chicken pot pie. And after a day or so, she obliged me and she chopped up a rotisserie chicken and uh, she put together some fresh vegetables and a fresh uh, topping of, what was that? Uh, the topping. I can't think of else. Did you talk for the pie crust? Or? I'm sorry, the pie crust. Yes, yeah. a nice fresh pie crust. And oh my god, like she left that for me one day, and I think I tore through that thing in less than a day and a half. Oh my god, <laughs> this uh, chicken pot pie by the gourmet goober over here was just absolutely off the top. The best thing I ate this week because Aww. it was fresh, it was consistent, and it was one of those things that. 
you know, when they say like, you know, it's a, you know, like a good meal, good home meal when like, you know, even the, the next day, the leftovers, like, like it's almost better than the first because it's had time to kind of settle together. That was what made the best thing I ate this week the best because it was just, it was something I was yearning for. It just, it harked me back to like, you know, some good old days. And I would like to give thanks and appreciation to, uh, my girl. For hooking Aww. me up with a chicken pot pie that I absolutely loved. Aw, that's so sweet. And no. thank you for sharing that. And you know what? Honestly, it's one of my favorite things in the world to make. Um, actually, it's so funny. When I started the blog years and years ago, I think it was like the second recipe I shared on the Gourmet Goober. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the blog, it started off as like a recipe diary. Um, and then it became something else that eventually became the podcast. So what I'll do is I'll share the link to, um, the pot pie. So I'll repost it on the blog and I'll share it in the link to it in the show notes. It is one of my favorite things to make. And it's one of those things that I've made it so many times over the years that I remember when I wrote the recipe down, it was actually kind of challenging because I, it's one of those things that. You just make and you don't have a recipe for it. You just know when it tastes right. And so I remember writing down the recipe like, oh, snap. I need to, like, track how much butter I use and how much cream. Because I just, oh, this looks right and this is it. Um, but, yeah, that makes me feel good because it's one of my favorite things to make. And and I love making it for you because I know it makes you happy. So, yay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was tight. <laughs> well, um, the best thing I have this week, and I had a lot of really good candidates for this week, but I'll have to say what I ate this week that was really, really amazing is um, at Fogo de Chao, like I said, it's a Brazilian steakhouse, and it's known for several different types of of food. And one of the things that they serve is something called a picana. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 basically beef, and it's very well seasoned, and it's prepared. Um, it's a it's a traditional Brazilian style um, beef dish, and you can get well. It's not just beef either, because I think there's a pork picana too. Although they didn't come around with the pork picana, but I know when I went to Fogo de Chao, <laughs> I went with like, look, I told Big Daddy like, as soon as I have the picana, I am done emotionally. Like, that's what I wanted. Yes. That was my goal. I ate it, and I was an in instant nirvana to the point where Big Daddy was, like, staring at me. Because <laughs> it's enough. so good. It was like and, a Harry Miss Sally, like, you know, at the table type moment. She was yes. like, I was, I was starting to think, like, okay, maybe I should have one, some of what she's having. <laughs> it was so good and so well-seasoned and so juicy. And I... I got my fill and then some. She to called the point, her life. Yeah. And to the point where it was funny because I was eating it. And this is aging me, clearly. Mm-hmm. Not that the Missy Elliott thing earlier didn't age me. But um, for those of you who grew up watching Hanna-Barbera cartoons, um, there's a character in the Quick Draw and Draw cartoons that I refer uh, that's named Snuffles. Okay. And so Snuffles is a dog. Well, Quick Draw is a dog too, but Snuffles is a dog that Quick Draw uses to like track down like bad guys. Mm-hmm. And Snuffles will do it 
but you have to give Snuffles like a treat, right? So there's this whole segment of the cartoon. It lasts for like 16 seconds or so. You give Snuffles a treat. He hugs himself. And then he floats down in Nirvana from the ceiling. <laughs> and Big Daddy's like, how are you feeling when you're eating this piccata? Because I just made this face. And I Googled it on my phone and I showed it to him like, I'm having a snuffle moment right now in front of you. <laughs> she's like all excited. She hugs like in the middle of a restaurant, she like gets excited. She hugs herself. And all of a sudden, I thought for a minute she was actually floating. <laughs> no, it... The whole experience was amazing, and there were other great things they had, too. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Like, their lamb their lamb steak was really good. Um, their um, sirloin was really amazing. But, sirloin. yeah, their pecana, their pecana is so delicious. So, if you're, like, a carnivore, you're a meat eater, you love beef, go to Fogo the Child. Again, try the pecana. It is incredible. Um, special mentions to a couple other things I had this week. One was... No, do shout-outs. <laughs> no, this actually deserves a shout-out. Okay. Because before I went to Fogo de Chao, like I said, I had that, like, outing with my co-workers. And they got us lunch, too. And so one of the things I got at the Punchbowl Social is they have something called a shrimp burger. Shrimp burger. Yeah, so it's fried shrimp, um, lightly fried. It's not really heavy. Um, and it's pickled um, red onions and lettuce and tomatoes. And it has like obey mayonnaise. So hmm. it's mayonnaise and it's mixed with obey. It comes with these incredible rosemary fries that are just to die for. They're very thin cut. Um, they're fried crispy. And then they're seasoned with garlic um sea salt and fresh rosemary like you can see the fresh rosemary on it and these fries were next level good okay and, wait a minute. forget about shrimp burger let's talk more about these uh these french fries here yes the rosemary french fries were amazing mm. um to be honest mm. i tried to bring you some home and mm. they didn't make it <laughs> got to mm. see me but I'm hoping that you and I could try them again or make, recreate them ourselves because they were just amazing fries. Um, I, I, and the I shrimp like the burger fries. was next level great. Too, no, no, once so. again, let's, let's talk about these fries again. <laughs> what do you want to know? No, no, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like you know different types of fries. I'm always looking for the best fries. You know. No, they were really great. They were, they were thin cut, so they're almost like shoestring cut. Um, and like diameter, okay, and and thickness, um, and like I said, they were fried, um, so they were crispy, but they were not overdone. But yeah, the seasoning was just really simple, but really flavorful. Um, garlic, sea salt, and then the fresh rosemary that they mixed it with. So they obviously like, you know, did a quick toss with oil or with butter, and then topped it off with these. Um, crumbled fresh rosemary, um, but it was every minute. Mm. It was amazing. I yeah. would recommend if you guys ever go to Punch Bowl Social, try the fries. Try the rosemary fries. Yeah, they are the best. Yeah? Okay. The sandwich was really great too, but the fries was next level good. So was it like you know? So like when you had these fries, did you have what, what was it a snuffle moment or whatever? 
Yeah, I actually had close to a snuffles moment. Did you like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I floated down. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that's, that's going to be my new quality of, of like different foods now. It's like, is, is it a snuffles moment? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, again, shout out to the great people at Punchbowl Social um, for having us, my, my job over there. And then the great people of Fogo the Child, don't forget that you can take advantage of Fogo to Chow's $39 um, meal price um, up until September 15th by using the word restaurant month, but you must use it before they sit you. And then that's kind of like their secret password, but it's worth it. And it's a great time. The password is restaurant, restaurant month. month. <laughs> Literally, she would be like, you'd be like, hi, welcome to restaurant month. <laughs> exactly. She's like, hi, how many she No, restaurant month. <laughs> right before we walked in, Big Daddy's like, do you remember what you have to say? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Gourmet Goober. Um, as always, we welcome your feedback. You can email us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And you can check in on us at thegourmetgoober.com. Goober. Restaurant <laughs> month. <laughs> thegourmetgoober.com. Um, you can also. RSVP. Um, <laughs> find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. And on Instagram at Gourmet Goober and Big Daddy, where can they find you? Yeah, after you go through Restaurant Month. <laughs> exactly. Uh you can find me on Twitter at T Outlaw and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. Make sure you RSVP and don't forget to partake of your chicken sandwich when it shows up. <laughs> exactly. So everyone who's listening, thank you for spending another um, episode with us. We'll be back in two weeks. And until next time, happy eating. Lord willing. <laughs>